Welcome back to The Francisca Show, a Jewish coffeehouse podcast. The show on which everyday creatives share their unique journeys. I am Francisca, a singer, composer, music producer, podcast coach, and also your host. Enjoy the show. I just want to put out a disclaimer here if anyone is a minor or if anyone is sensitive to any sexually related information or discussion. I just want to add a discretion here. So listener discretion advised. And welcome back to the Francisca show. Shout out to jewishcoffeehouse.com for being such an amazing supporter for our show. And we'll jump right in here. Today we have an artist and special episode, I guess. It's two in one. And you'll find out why in just a moment. Our guest lives in Israel right now. Her name is Rebecca Sigala. And Rebecca is a boudoir photographer and self-love activist. And we'll find out what that means if you do not know what that means in just a minute. So welcome to the show, Rebecca. It is so lovely to have you on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So we'll start the episode by you giving us a little background on who you are, how you got started in photography, especially in this kind of photography. And then we'll move on to what you're doing with your activism work in addition to your art form. Absolutely. Okay. So I guess I'll start at the beginning. I um, made Aliyah in 2009. I was newly married, very young. Uh, I got married at 19 and my husband was 20. We met during our gap year in Israel and we got married in the States. And shortly after we decided that we wanted to start our life in Israel. So we made Aliyah with backpacks on our back and there was no lift or anything like that. Um, and we started our lives here and we actually moved to Sfat, which is where we originally met. And we worked in the artist galleries there. We're both creative people and um, and loved living in Sfat for that reason. And, and my husband, he had always been into photography. I, I always loved it and appreciated it, but he was the kind of guy that had a camera around his neck, like at, from the very beginning when he was even very little. And when, and shortly after we got married, he purchased a professional camera and people started asking him, could you do a bring me law? Could you do my headshots for these books? And he started he started his business. And because I had this background in fashion, I was, I had an internship at a fashion agency when I worked, when I was in high school. And, um, that was actually my plan that I was going to go before I decided to go to seminary. Um, I was going to go to this fashion Institute in Los Angeles and, um, and before that, I worked for a fashion agency and did wardrobe styling for them and photo shoots and runway shows and things like that. And so when he told me he wanted to open a photography business, I was like, great, like I'll do the, all the back end of stuff. I'll do the creativity um, for the shoots and do the marketing. And I was very excited. But when I actually was involved in these photo shoots, I realized that photography was so powerful and it had this like storytelling element that I wanted to be a part of. And, and so he taught me, he taught me all these technical parts about photography. And we 
And we teamed up as a husband and wife team and we started doing weddings together and it was so much fun. Um, but I think it was more of, in the end, I think it was more of his passion than mine, not the photography part of it, but the actual weddings and events and things like that. And I noticed that I really loved connecting to the bride. I really loved the preparations and attention to the details and when she got her hair and makeup done. And by the end of the wedding, I, the brides would usually say, I feel like I hung out with my best friend all day because I really connected to that like feminine energy and giving them the support they needed and taking portraits of them. And, and as I continued learning more about photography, I learned about this type of photography called boudoir photography. And I felt like it really combined so many of the creative things I loved. And for those who don't know, boudoir photography is intimate photography. So a lot of times it will be me photographing women in their lingerie or artistic nudity. Um, and it's not for models, it's for everyday women um, to, to feel beautiful, to feel confident in their own bodies, to explore their sexuality. And I didn't necessarily know all of those things when I first started. I just thought it was like a fun day that they would get pampered, they'd get their hair and makeup done, that I'd get to take these gorgeous pictures of them. And it was kind of like a transformation. Um, but very shortly into my my work with boudoir photography, I realized that it was incredibly powerful, that it was changing the way that women thought about themselves and thought about their bodies. And that is when it became my life's work and my passion. And um, I became a real advocate for women really getting in touch with their bodies and loving and embracing their shape and size and accepting what they what they already got because I saw every woman as beautiful and unique in their own way. So that's that's my story in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. And I connect with the whole pampering yourself because I love photo shoots. I don't know if anyone has so noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but for my birthday, that's what I wanted. It was a day of pampering and for me I did not choose to do boudoir photography for my birthday <laughs> shoot. <laughs> for me, it's, yes, let me get fresh photos for my Instagram, for my social media. And I also enjoy it very much as well. Is there anything you can point out to? Why is it so enjoyable <laughs> beyond the obvious? <laughs> um, so I think it's actually... I think it's actually funny because I think there's a certain woman, like type of woman that like really actually enjoys it and knows that they enjoy it. I mean, afterwards, I think most of my clients come back and are surprised at how much fun they had and how they really felt like pampered and like a queen. And I also, I love being photographed myself. So I totally relate to what you just said, but I think it's just like, you know, in this day and age, we don't really carve time out for ourselves and we don't really allow like other people to take care of us and to feel pampered in that way. So when we, when we do carve that time out for ourselves, it's really um, like healing and cathartic and empowering in a way. And we can just like put everything else to the side and focus on ourselves and really get in touch with what we think 
about ourselves and feel confident and beautiful. Definitely. And just a quick note, I did not like my wedding photos. I wish I could go back and redo them. (laughs) Mm. So it's identify with the whole idea of having a best friend at the wedding who is taking beautiful pictures of you. So I understand your desire or your interest specifically in intimate photography. But for anyone who is, first of all, still in shock by the fact that this even exists, because I'm sure we have people in the audience today listening and saying, what is that? Is that kosher? Is that even something that's okay? Right. Do you even want to have anything digitally or printed that has something potentially compromising of yourself? Who's this for? Again, is this kosher? So what would you have to say to that? Is this kosher? Is I actually just posted a blog. I have, in addition to my photography, I have a blog of, um, I have a blog that is my platform um, for women to share if they want to. Like, first of all, I think the most important aspect that, you know, people who are religious should know is that this is a completely confidential service. So I really, and I take that seriously because I believe that when you want to provide an empowering place for women, that it also needs to be safe and a woman needs to feel in control of her experience. So everything's 100% confidential. I don't even talk about who my clients are or who I photographed um, because I, I believe that, you know, everyone has the right to their own privacy. Um, but if people do want to share, um, a lot of times they'll use some of their photos and share their story on my blog. Um, and I actually recently had a client who did a boudoir session with me for the second time. And the second time her husband reached out to me because he wanted to do it as a gift for their anniversary. And he happens to be a rabbi, an Orthodox rabbi. And he was, he kind of a little bit went into why, he was reaching out again. And I thought it was so special that I was like, can I interview you? And they talked about it and they said that they would be happy with me interviewing them anonymously. So we did a Zoom interview and then I transcribed it. And they talked a lot about how boudoir actually enhanced their marriage in a really beautiful and holy way. And that the definition of modesty is not necessarily never being sexual or never not being dressed, but it's actually for them, it's about everything being in its correct place. So sexuality and intimacy is so important, but in the context of their marriage. And so when they knew that this would be just for themselves, they knew that it could be something that could be potentially really amazing and incredible for their intimacy and their connection with each other and with Hashem. And he actually told me that he still has the pictures from the last boudoir session, like in a private place in the back of their like closet and where their kids can't see it. And when she goes into Nita, he takes them down. And when she goes to the mikvah, he puts them back up. And it's always been like this little procession that he does. And it's just a way for him to, um, 
like connect to that part of their marriage and their physicality and stuff like that. And I thought that was just really beautiful and special. Um, so obviously everyone relates to this in a different way and everyone gets something different out of it. Um, for these people, it really enhanced, enhanced their relationship. And sometimes women will do this just for themselves. And the fact, and I love that, like, I think that's really the most important thing for a woman to really um, be in touch with her own, her own reasons for wanting to do a boudoir session above anything else. And I see that it does ultimately benefit their marriage and their relationship because they feel more confident and at ease with themselves. Is this a service that you provide to married women only? Um, no, I also do for single women, um, but obviously only adults. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I offer it to everyone. And there have been people who are like more observant and single that have done it just for themselves. And I think that's really special and beautiful as well. And do you do couples? So, yeah, I actually, I mean, it's not something I advertise for very much because I think that you can get into some murky waters <laughs> with that. Um, but when I do have a client that has already worked with me and they reach out to me for a couple session and I know who they are and they are really aware of like my own personal boundaries, like I make it clear that you know, I'm okay with like women being nude, but not necessarily men being nude. Um, and that it is really a, it's, it can be an intimate and sensual session, but nothing is actually going down in the session. Um, then, then yeah, I, then I am open to doing couple sessions, but I think that there's just so much power in like women working with women and empowering each other through that. And me just like being witness to their own transformation that I'm really focused on, on working with women and not couples as much. Yeah. So it seems like you've discovered the empowerment element that comes with this service and with this transformation. Can you speak to the benefits that women usually describe after experiencing something that can be so vulnerable, so new and so uncomfortable? Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's a whole process that I have with the boudoir sessions. And the first thing that I do is a consultation for them. And it's usually through Zoom. And at first I thought, okay, this is a good way for me to get to know my clients. So I know how to photograph them. I know what they want. But I started realizing that these consultations were a way that women were getting to know themselves and their own reasons for doing a boudoir session. And we really go into like their story and the way that they've seen their body from, you know, early childhood, even like, how do you see your body now? Do you, what do you like about your body? What don't you like about your body? Like what kind of stories are you telling yourself kind of, and to kind of dig a little bit deeper, I think is really important because it helps them get really clear about why they're doing a boudoir session and what they want to get out of it, how they want to be photographed, how, what they, yeah, just, I guess, really what they want to get out of it. What does, how do you want to be photographed mean? Mm. So there's, I mean, I guess there's so many, there's different ways that um, we can set up the shoot. It could be like in my studio. It could be in their home. It could be outside. It could be really soft and romantic. It could be sexy and sensual. It's like 
what, what do they want to explore in themselves? Are they like, you know, sometimes people are like, well, I'm really, I've always been really seen as like the tomboy and I've never been sexy. So I really want to explore this like sexy side of myself or, um, or, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm more, I come off as more aggressive, but I really want to explore the more soft side of myself and the feminine side of myself. And so it's just, you know, it's really kind of the energy that they want to put into it. And then we base like the hair and makeup and the lingerie and also just like my, my, my own energy coming into, into the shoot. And a lot of times we'll do a big mixture of everything, but it's just nice to know like kind of what they're looking for and, and they, how they want to be how they want to show up in the pictures because there could be so many different things. And that's the advantage. Like now that I've been doing it for so long, people have come back and done like two, three, even four shoots. And then they get to explore different sides of themselves and do different things, which is really fun. Have you had any clients who did this in secret from their spouses? Not in secret. A lot of times people will do it as surprise. a surprise for their Yeah. As a surprise for their spouse. And I think it's really incredible that they can keep it a secret. I don't know if I'd be able to from my own spouse, um, but they end up just giving them the album at the very end. They didn't tell them about the shoot or the investment or anything or even picking the pictures because they get to choose their favorite pictures that go in the album. And then all of a sudden they hand their partner an album for the first time and usually it just like blows them away, which is, I think, so fun and exciting if you're able to do that. Yeah. So before we move on to all the self-love activism that comes from this kind of work, we'll go into why this is not just, you know, a hobby, but how this is an actual transformative and a healing or healthy practice for many. Do you have a security issue? Like, do you delete all your photos? If you are the woman who, who mm. photographs Orthodox women and Revitons <laughs> and maybe a couple, you might yeah. be a target. <laughs> How do you deal with that? Mm, interesting. So, so yeah, I mean, nothing is online. Like, I, I do put a gallery on, like a password-protected gallery for them to look through the images. Um, but then I immediately take that down after they choose the images. Um, I guess maybe I shouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, thinking like maybe we need to cut this out. <laughs> when people are worried about this and um, and they ask me to delete the files, I'm totally fine doing that. I mean, it is a little bit sad, I guess, like as an artist and like, you know, someone who like, you know, I take like pride in my work and I love it. And it's hard to just press the delete button, but I know that it's so much beyond my artistry and beyond my photography. And this is, if it's important to the client, then I definitely delete it. This reminds me of the concept. I think Chanel is one of the brands that does this, but whatever doesn't sell instead of going to department stores or being sold for much cheaper, they burn their excess oh merchandise because they don't want it to be undervalued and they have to remove their older collections so they don't undervalue their brand. And this reminds me of this a little bit. Wow. <laughs> it's not the same and it doesn't no. come for the same reasons <laughs> at all, but I appreciate the, the disturbance of like yeah. destroying your art or removing evidence yeah. of it. 
Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, I think I've, I've had to detach from like that part of it because, you know, obviously I'd say at least 90% of my clients are not sharing their images. And it's so, so fun for me to be able to like have a portfolio, have an Instagram, be able to share this with the world. And I also actually think it's really important. And like, obviously we'll get into that activism aspect of it, of people just really being able to see different bodies, different colors, different shapes, um, you know, because in the media today, we are a lot of times seeing one type of body and people are not represented. And it it's the cause of a lot of body shaming and girls having eating disorders and us comparing and contrasting ourselves constantly, um, just having this ideal beauty standard, I guess. Um, so that is why I feel like it's so amazing that I get to be able to share all these different real pictures of real bodies and they're just so beautiful. And then people get to see the beauty in it. And they also just like, feel like seeing themselves like, Oh, like that kind of looks like my body and that's really beautiful. Um, so, so obviously it's fun to be able to share, but I do have to detach from it because most of my work I'm not sharing. Yes. I acknowledge you. I, I feel, <laughs> I feel you. for you. So <laughs> let's talk about somebody and this is how we'll transition into the activism part. Someone who is very self-conscious, who does not love their body, someone who perhaps feels shame, and that can definitely affect intimacy in a marriage when a woman does not love her body or is not comfortable in her body with the whole thing. How can this session, or what do you do, what happens there that things can transform and what kind of magic do you use? Photoshop? <laughs> uh, yeah, tell us a little bit. <laughs> uh, so Photoshop, I really try not to use very much. I use like for skin imperfections and things like that, like acne or um, under eye type of things, like very minimal because I really don't want to change people's bodies. Um, so a lot of it really happens in the session, um, just with lighting and photography and women feeling comfortable in their skin and posing and all of that. Um, so I think that, you know, just like creating the safe environment, them getting to know me and me getting to know them beforehand. And then that pampering aspect of them walking in, being able to get their hair and makeup done, not just like running into my studio and then getting naked. It's really, there's a transition there um, at where they get their hair and makeup done. We chat, we have coffee. It's like a fun girl's time. And then we put music on and I, sometimes people are really nervous at first because they're, they've never done it before. Like, you know, most people haven't at least. And, um, I think it's just really about like my own experience as a photographer, making them feel comfortable. Like I know that's my job, like, and I take it very seriously. And um, I think they feel the fact that I'm not judging them. I'm not looking at their body and comparing my own. I'm not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they have this. I can't believe they have that. Like, it's not, it's not that at all because I really work on my own self-confidence and my own self-love. I think that's like an important part of, of what I do, um, that I'm on my own journey as well. Um, so it's like a really non-judgmental place. And I think they feel that from me. And a lot of times people will say, 
like, I can't believe that I got completely naked because they, they didn't think they were going to do that at first. They're like, I'm just going to do lingerie or, you know, this or that. And then usually people feel comfortable by the end, which is really, really awesome. In regular (laughs) circumstances, when people feel uncomfortable, complimenting them is a way for them to feel more comfortable. I can see that also being a little creepy or uncomfortable being complimented. Yeah. So how do you, how do you gauge that dynamic? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that there's definitely, there's a balance to it. Like I definitely compliment people. I, I don't like, you know, there's some, there's some feminist ways of thinking where they're like, okay, don't compliment people on their looks. Don't talk about their bodies, that and this and that. And I don't ascribe to that. Like, I think that women should be able to like compliment each other and feel beautiful and feel sexy. And that's a part of our womanhood. Um, so yeah, I will, I'll definitely compliment people, but I do it from a genuine place of like something that I find really beautiful in them. Um, and I do have to give them like feedback as I'm photographing them. Like, Oh, I really love the way you did that. Or, Oh my gosh, like your eyes look amazing in this picture or like specific things, not just like, Oh my gosh, you're so hot, which like, obviously I throw in there here and there because I think it's just like fun and, you know, it's still coming from a genuine place, but being specific, I guess, with them. So they know that I'm not just spewing and, oh, you say that to every client. Like I, it's not about that. It's really about their experience and me being in the present moment. And have you noticed a difference between Orthodox women and non-Orthodox women? Uh, Are certain just things basic for all women and they don't make a difference? Or do you find that women who are not raised or who live an Orthodox lifestyle, that they are more inhibited or uncomfortable? That's a really good question. (laughs) Um, I actually don't feel like there's much of a difference. Um, Everyone has their own stories, their own trauma around bodies, their own insecurities. Um, Sometimes they might come from a little bit of a different place because of like religious upbringing or not religious upbringing, but um, we all have it. And there's so much that we are connected with each other as women um, that I find like there's a lot more in common and a lot less differences than I imagined. And it's very sensational for people to be like, oh my gosh, like you're a boudoir photographer and half of your clients are Orthodox Jews. Like, what is that like? And to me, it's just like not that interesting at this point because we're all women and we're not, we, we're not that different. We have a lot of commonalities. Yeah. I, I actually thought that that was my assumption. Okay. So Tell us straight up the self-love activism. Did it come from a personal place? Is that something that you had to deal with on a personal level? Or is that something that happened from a professional place? Self-love. So I think, honestly, I do think it came from a personal place. Like as I started my boudoir photography business, I actually had just given birth to my second child and I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And there was a month or two where I really couldn't get out of bed and I was feeling really, really low. And 
a friend was like, I'm, <laughs> I, I got to take you to a psychiatrist and like drove me there. And that's where I started my journey when I was actually diagnosed. And I wanted to find ways that I could combat this mental illness. Um, and I started going to therapy and taking medication. And that eventually led to me really being interested in psychology, reading books, listening to podcasts. Um, starting meditation and acupuncture and all these like really incredible tools that I continue to learn about. And I realized that there were so many, as I photographed these, you know, probably thousands of women over the last eight years, um, I realized that we all like have different struggles that we go through. A lot of times people have some anxiety or depression at some point in their life, um, but there's also other things that people go through. Um, and there are tools and resources that are available to us. And I want women to be able to access them because for so long, like I didn't have them and I didn't even know that I was suffering and I didn't know that I had a way to kind of climb out of it. Um, so this self-love activism part of my photography, I think originally came from me. And then once I started photographing women, I was seeing that, you know, I wasn't alone in that struggle and that other people needed it too. So um, that's where it came from. And that's why I became so passionate about it. Love that. I know you have a course that you launched that I'd like for you to talk about a little bit. Sure. So yeah, I actually just launched this body positivity course called My Body, My Home. And it's a six-week course, and it goes through a lot of different elements that I've found to be helpful in my journey of self-love and body positivity, everything from like self-reflection and awareness to movement and nutrition. And there's meditations, there's journaling, there's PDFs and worksheets and videos um, that are interspersed through the six weeks. And I think also one of the biggest aspects of this course is just having this community because we are in a world that is very um, narrow minded in the view of beauty and what a woman should be and what she should look like. And creating a community really creates a different reality for ourselves. So these women got to have the inspiration and support of each other, which was just so incredible to see and to see all these transformations that people were able to make um, just through the course um, was incredible. And, um, and yeah, so I, I launched it last month and then I'm going to be launching another one again on January 31st. And before I do the course, I actually have like a free five day course, which has been extremely valuable to my community as well. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's just been an incredible journey. And I love that, you know, obviously photography and boudoir photography is one tool, but it's not the only tool that we can use to empower ourselves and feel better about our bodies. So, um, I want to be able to present everything to women that has been helpful to me. I really love the story behind it and why you started it and how it helps women and how wholesome the course is really. It's not about, you know, one way or one tool. It's a combination. It's a very wholesome way to look at it. 
Yeah, yeah, wholesome and holistic. Like it's really about having it as a mindset and a lifestyle and being able to pass this on to our children and our daughters specifically. I just, there's so much there and so much healing that needs to be done in ourselves so that we can like transmit it to the future generation. Yes, it's like the opposite of the Tzniya's podcast we did a couple of weeks back. (laughs) (laughs) The opposite. (laughs) Because it's all about infusing the right type of messaging or the love to counteract all the negativity instead of, I don't know what else. I I don't know what to call what we're doing now, (laughs) what the educational system is doing now. Yeah. 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 It's really, it's really heartbreaking to see like how it affects so many women. And obviously like that's not the point of SNEU. Um, And, and I think that when we can reclaim it for ourselves and do it for our own relationship with ourselves and our relationship with God, then it's just super empowering and we can really feel good about it. Yeah. Uh, just a side note, and anyone interested in more intimate topics when it comes and relates to Judaism, I really recommend checking out Intimate Judaism, a podcast hosted by Rabbi Scott Kahn and oh. sex therapist Tali Rosenbaum. But um, the reason I'm bringing this topic to this podcast specifically is because here we have a creative, artistic woman, Rebecca, who uses her talents to really bring healing and bring positivity to a concept that's so foreign and almost feels not kosher. And this the switch, the flick of a switch expectation that we have, especially in the Orthodox world where it, you're supposed to ignore your sexuality for your entire single life and then flick a switch and suddenly embrace your sexuality overnight, it, it's an almost impossible ask. And I think part of the therapy in a way that you're providing to your clients, that therapeutic session is an assist. It's a tool to help women be more comfortable with, with their bodies and what they look like without (laughs) the clothing that they're dressed in that uniforms them into a community or into a certain conformed society. It's really exploring their individuality. Right. Like without that, without that shame, like to know that it's actually, it could actually be like a good thing for themselves, for their marriage, for their spirituality, for their sexuality, that it's actually so positive. Um, And I think that, yeah, a lot of times we're like in the religious world, we're taught that like, it's just not supposed to be a thing only within the context of your marriage or with your husband. But there's also a part of sexuality that is just for ourselves and our own femininity and our womanhood, which I think that's where it needs to start in order to, to grow into our marriage. Yeah. And you still live in spot, right? No, I actually live in a frat. <laughs> it sounds similar. <laughs> based on, you know, talking to you and based on the communities you live on, I'm assuming you don't get much pushback or shock from your community. <laughs> I, I assume if you lived in Maya Sharem, people would give you a little more of a hard yeah. time with your occupation. I mean, when I first started, I did get a good amount of backlash. Um, and 
I mean, I've always lived in somewhat religious communities. Like I live in Afrat, which is a modern Orthodox community, but um, this is something that is very new. It feels very secular. People wonder if it's kosher. People wonder if it's pornography. Like what is my intention behind it? Um, so people called up like just even directly to me and was like, I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you're putting Jewish bodies online. Like this is not okay. Um, I definitely got pushed back, but I think it was also because I was just starting. And even though I knew that there was something powerful there, I didn't really know the impact it could make on women to really change their lives. So the, the backlash like hurt me and it impacted me in a way. Um, but as I knew that there was something there, so I continued on and I was strong in my conviction to build my business. Um, and over the years, I, I really don't get very much backlash at all. Um, or I'm not in tune with it. I'm not, I'm not paying any attention to it. Like I, I even remember in the early days, like walking around on Shabbat and people like whispering behind my back because, and I would hear it and I would be so in tune and aware of it, but it's just not on my radar anymore because I'm just so passionate about what I do and I'm confident that it can help people. So um, I think it's also just, you know, how much, how much I believe in myself and believe in my business. Absolutely. So if anyone listening would like to schedule a session with you or check you out online, where would they go? So I actually have a community on Facebook. It's oh, it's over 3,500 women, and it's an amazing place that women really uplift and, and inspire each other to be empowered and have more self-love and body positivity. Um, so that is a great place to start. It is called the self-love community. Um, I actually think that if you how do you go to it? It's maybe we could put the link in the, yeah. in we'll, the we'll bio. Link it in. Okay. Let's put the link in the bio. Um, so it's, it's self-love and empowering photography for women. And then I have a Instagram, which is at Rebecca Sigala Boudoir. Um, and you could reach out to me there. You could DM me or email me at Rebecca at RebeccaSigala.com. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I really am just honored to be here. And I love your questions. Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, subscribe. And if you're listening on an iPhone, leave us a five-star review. If you'd like to reach out about my music, coaching, or podcast services, email me at franciscak at gmail.com. Also, check out the show notes for all the links.